and I then increase my 3RM, 2RM, and 1RM in this training cycle, eventually hitting 180 kilos in the jerk, while also hitting 175 kilos in the clean and jerk, also for a PB. Welcome to the Waiting Game Podcast, a podcast where I attempt to bring more dialogue into the world of Olympic weightlifting and share my experiences and perspectives in the sport and resistance training in general. It was a perspective I wish was more accessible during my earlier years of training, so here is my attempt to bring that value to those who may be seeking it. Hello and welcome everyone to episode 43 of the Waiting Game Podcast. We're only nine episodes away now from finally hitting that one year exactly mark in which I first started the podcast, and I'm starting to get that overwhelming urge like I need to do something special for that podcast, but I guess we'll just see what happens. I know there are some upgrades in the works, such as upgrading my audio equipment and then also getting my video side of this podcast up and running again, so I guess we'll see. Time will tell. If anyone has any ideas out there as to what I should do for my year mark of running this podcast, be sure to let me know. But moving on to the episode, for this week's episode, I'm going to revert back to an Instagram Q&A that I had recently posted. And I had a few questions in there that made me think, and these were in regards to a series of overrated, underrated questions that I was asked in relation to weightlifting, of course. So for the sake of this episode and for a bit of fun, I thought I would further expand on some of the answers that I gave. So keep in mind with these, and I'll probably preface throughout, these are things that I've personally found overrated and underrated when it comes to myself. So in weightlifting, of course, we all have different bodies, strengths, weaknesses. Some things that I personally can do with or without may not apply to you. But having that said, let's get this started with the first overrated and underrated topic, and that is weightlifting exercises. Now, I'll start with my overrated picks, and I was split between two for this one, so I thought I'll just add them both in. Now, for the first one, which may be controversial for some, but also applies to that preface I gave earlier, in which some things work for me, some things may not work for you, and that is I found the back squat to be overrated. Now, this may be confusing at first, as personally, I've back squatted over triple body weight, and it may seem odd as to why I'd put this as overrated if it's something that I've obviously worked hard at. My reasoning behind this started when I first encountered a knee issue, my left knee issue that I had surgery on earlier in the year, but this is going back years ago now, roughly three, four years ago. So I started to have troubles with this knee issue, and it wasn't related to back squatting at all. But this knee issue would become most uncomfortable and aggravated when doing back squats. And this issue certainly wasn't going away anytime soon. And if anything, the discomfort was starting to take away from my training. So I then decided to remove back squatting completely from my program throughout all of my training lead up to the Tokyo Olympic Games. And then following that, I decided to continue on not back squatting all the way up until the Birmingham Commonwealth Games, which was the year after. And through doing this over a multiple year period without back squatting, only front squatting, I was still able to hit a new PB in the snatch, the clean, the front squat, and compete at two major events. I found that personally I was able to not only cope with less squatting, but also reach new highs, as I just stated, in certain lifts. 
Another thing that I had noticed through my years of competing internationally is that several elite weightlifters also do not back squat, typically due to injury, just as I stated with myself. Those being the likes of Shizu Young, who is the two-time reigning Olympic champion in my category, CJ Cummings, who's also in my category, who lifts for the United States, Ilya Ilian, who is a famous lifter from Kazakhstan, as well as Lydia Valentin from Spain, just to name a few. With this though, this doesn't exactly mean everyone listening should just drop doing back squats. My considerations would be, for me personally, I had already put such a significant amount of time into building my back squats to where it is, so the prior work that I may have done all those years prior had built enough of a strength base to then not have to rely on building my back squat further. This is something you see with the super heavyweight category they will build up their squats to a certain capacity and then they won't push beyond that as they don't want to risk injury. Not to say that my level of squatting is at the pinnacle amongst the best in the world, but that's just to draw a comparison there. Now, alongside that, for me personally, my strength lies in my squat and I'm naturally more inclined to excel at squatting. Where, say, for pulls and deadlifts, this is certainly and still is one of my main weaknesses. Now, does this mean when I come back from my knee rehab that I will continue to not back squat anymore? Probably not, as I actually really enjoy the exercise, and enjoyment is obviously a big factor. But I personally consider it overrated, especially if I were to, say, compare it to the likes of the front squat, which I feel has the most transference in weightlifting, especially when it comes to the clean and jerk, as you can imagine. Now, my second overrated exercise, I don't class these as ranked in any degree, it's just these two exercises came to mind, but I had the snatch balance. My reasoning behind this was less to do with the movement and more to do with what I needed to get out of it. For myself, as someone who is constantly working at building a better receiving position in my snatch, I didn't get as much out of the snatch balance as I did with doing overhead squatting holding my snatches for prolonged periods of time, and simply just working on my upper body mobility being pecs, lats, triceps, and my thoracic. Now, there are those that say that there's a speed element to the snatch balance that it does train, but for me personally, that hasn't always been my biggest area of concern. Plus, I think that benefit is also up for debate. For those that are still wanting to learn the snatch, however, and you're still in, say, the beginner's stage, I do recommend learning as a technical exercise to work on your timing, plus also the active use of the arms going into that solid receiving position of the snatch, just so you can understand that feeling of how active the arms have to be in that process of locking out the snatch, and it's not as passive as it does seem. Now, if you're an experienced weightlifter, though, it's probably something you don't see as a staple in every program, although you still do see it from time to time. And some people, as I said, may get the benefit out of it. I just personally found other ways to work on my weaknesses. Now moving on to my underrated pick. This one wouldn't be a surprise to those that know me well, but I consider the push press to be very underrated. My reasoning to start off is my best current split jerk is 180 kilograms. And I largely attribute that to training the push press quite aggressively in the training block leading up to this attempt. Essentially, I treated it as you would a squat. So my volume would start at sets of seven earlier in the program and then scale to eventually peak at the end of my program. 
With this, however, I always use jerk blocks, so no re-racking at all, just as I wanted to narrow my focus and energy towards the desired outcome that I was chasing in this exercise. And my focus for one was to increase my strength and power in the drive of my jerk, while also dialing in the timing and the position in my dip and drive phase of the lift. Also, I made sure that I held the top of every single repetition just for a second or two, just to put some time under tension in that overhead position and therefore hopefully improve on my stability and overall quality of my overhead position. Through doing this, I was surprised by how much I felt it actually helped my jerk in this training cycle, as I previously hadn't been so particular in my focus in doing this push press. I found a significant increase in all of those focuses that I just stated for my push press, and I increased my 1RM from roughly 140 to then be able to hit it for sets of 3, and then eventually increase my 1RM from around that 140 range all the way up to 151 kilos. Of course, the overarching aim was to actually improve my split jerk, and I then increased my 3RM, 2RM, and 1RM in this training cycle, eventually hitting 180 kilos in the jerk, while also hitting 175 kilos in the clean and jerk, also for a PB. Now moving on from overrated, underrated weightlifting exercises, now moving on to accessories, which I was also asked online, and I wasn't as firm on this, plus there's that weird gray area as to what is considered an accessory. You could argue that anything that isn't the snatch and the clean and jerk is just an accessory to the main lifts of the sport. Now these are the few that came to mind when I was asked this, and the first one is the strict press from the front rack specifically. Now for me personally, I found this actually counterproductive. As someone that did so many pressing movements pre-weightlifting, I found that when I reintroduced them back into my training that my front delts would fatigue and also my overhead mobility would be disrupted. Compared to the push press, which of course has that integration of the legs, I personally found that to be the best method for me to get that end range strict lockout pressing in from that front rack position with essentially not having to overly fatigue myself. With this however, I do find benefit in specific positional pressing, whether that be from behind the neck or jerk press as it builds strength in position or at least in line in the same line that we jerk. These are just a couple of the reasons why I wasn't super sold on having it as overrated because they still have relevance. I just found that the front rack strict press for me as someone that did so much of it growing up that it just hinders my overhead position. And another one that kind of relates to this and I thought was worth mentioning even though you don't see too much of it in weightlifting and that is the bench press. Just as I stated before in doing so many pressing movements pre-weightlifting, bench press was included and I did way too much of it. Before weightlifting throughout my teenage years, I barely trained legs or my posterior chain at all, and I was all about bench press and bicep curls. I did it so much that I remember one morning waking up and having nerve impingement pain stopping me from being able to raise my arms laterally above to where my shoulders were, because my shoulders were so internally rotated, just from bench pressing and pressing in general all the time, without having any opposing work on my posterior chain done. And this is a reason why I haven't benched in over seven years now, all due to trying to maximize my range overhead. 
I've heard other lifters talk of this as well, especially I remember watching an interview with Lu Zhejun one time, and he stated that he does zero bench for this exact reason, and he felt he had no interest in inhibiting his overhead range through bench press. He then went to proceed to do one of his signature accessories, which is the Lou raise, which is kind of a funky side lateral raise where you use weight plates and instead of just going up to the side, you continue on until going all the way up overhead. It's kind of impossible to try to articulate this exercise here, but if you Google Lou raise, I'm sure it'll come up. Now to end the podcast, I'm going to talk about my one underrated accessory for weightlifting, and that is building core strength. Without a strong core, it's obviously very difficult to be able to maintain good positioning, whether it's catching and driving out of the bottom of a clean with an upright torso, ideally, squatting and pulling in a strong position, as well as essentially just holding a weight overhead. If you're someone that struggles with any of these things that I just listed, although it may be for some alternate reasons, be sure to add some core work in. I know it can be a drag at the end of your session when you just want to leave, but if that becomes an issue... Maybe add in a couple of sets at the start of training before you even jump on the barbell. Now those were my quick answers to the game of underrated, overrated in weightlifting. As I said at the start, these are just ones that I personally found true for myself, and of course everyone is different, and you very well may gain such a benefit in something that I would not, and vice versa. And with that being said, that is the episode wrapped up for today. I will see you all next week with another fresh episode. I'll talk to you then.